Ed Sheeran was off the grid for the past year. Yeah. And he came back and was like, hey, guys, I've been working on some stuff. Gonna and drop you've been working on, on your Ed Sheeran impression. Yep. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, check this shit out. Do you see the game last night? I did see the game last night. Look at us. Just a couple of guys watching the game. Wow. Just guys being dudes. It was. You know what? That was like I had some stuff to actually do. And I was like, I've got to go because the big game's on. And I'll be damned if I'm going to sit around with my. We always talk about it. But um, I forget who sent the tweet. But like somebody said that watching a full TV show without looking at your phone is like the equivalent of of reading a book in 2016, 2017. Oh, yeah, that's that's correct. I feel like that's kind of the same way with sports. Like, I, I'm always checking my, my Twitter and, and my phone and, and just kind of like like but half to three so quarters that, paying attention to the yeah, game. Yes, I agree. But it's uh, also like part of the experience. Right, though. exactly. Um, but the, that was the last night's uh, gold medal game in the World Juniors was like the first time in a very, very long time that I was like, I can't look at my phone. I cannot look at my computer. I don't give a shit about Twitter. I am not taking my eyes off this game. This sounds like... A, I agree. It was a super fucking captivating game. This sounds like in like 1984 when they're trying to guess what the future is like. <laughs> it's like, that was the most focused I've been in my life. All I did was watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was... That game was fucking captivating. I love those... I, I mean, I like watching hockey anyway but i love i don't know how this will not be creepy but you tweeted it's probably my favorite tweet of yours uh, my happiness hinges on <laughs> yeah. teenage boys playing sports. it really puts everything in perspective but this is true i love watching young hockey players play in these sort of uh either like world championships or even before the nhl season starts they have these little like rookie tournaments Mm -hmm. where it's basically just bring your prospects to this one place we'll make like five teams and they'll all play because all of the players are so fucking good and they're all so fast and they're all so skilled but they just their brains don't know how to work yet right it's it's not a refined game it's just absolute madness it's just we saw it of talent right we saw it with the uh the world the world cup of hockey with the under 20 those fucking kids were so and that's the only team that anyone wanted to watch. So right. Like I understand, I'm not watching particularly great hockey, right. but I'm watching kids who are going to be great. And look at how fun it is. Right. It's like before they get, uh, like before they can get so refined that they almost become boring. Like right. that's the argument that I always have with like uh, like Connor McDavid versus Sidney Crosby. Like people say that Connor McDavid is the best player on earth right now just because he's so fucking exciting and yeah. he, like he really is. But Sidney Crosby is fucking unbelievable. He's so good that he is almost boring because he's so surgical. Well, Patrice Bergeron was a second-round pick. And in the NHL, a lot of great picks are second-round picks. Someone actually made the point, this is a little tangent, someone made the point yesterday that it seems like the NHL produces more... Like more stars are taken in the second round because in the first round you're going for it. You're just like throwing darts at those kids who are just like really fucking fast and have really sick hands and you're like... I don't know. Maybe when their brains develop, they'll know how to play hockey. I mean, and look at what the Bruins have done in the past couple of years. Exactly. In the second they're, round. Side, they're, they're three first rounders DeBrusque, uh, Seneshin, and Zaboral. All those guys are kind of up in the air. Look at the second round. Carlo in the NHL right now. Lozon. Yeah. Fucking. St- Lozon's yep. probably my favorite Bruins prospect. And JFK, who is playing out of his mind and is probably going to be a pro next year. Yep. So someone made the point of like. 
maybe in the second round, teams kind of get their actual bearings of like which players seem to know how to actually play hockey. Right. Okay, we'll take Brandon Carlo. And the point I was going to make is Patrice Bergeron was a second round pick, and it was because they didn't think he could skate compared to the rest yeah. of these guys who went way before him. And it's like he was pro- he was I know he was he was considered a boring hockey player because. All he kind of had was Patrice Bergeron's brain, which, as that got bigger and bigger, and is the most he quote unquote learned skill, how to skate. <laughs> right, exactly, is the most like beautiful asset a hockey player could have. So I love watching just those fucking disorganized messes. It's they're trading chances, just boys being boys. So so fucking entertaining. We just talked about it before we got on the air, but like after that game was over, I like had no idea what to do with myself. Yeah, like, ended at probably like what eleven thirty. Yeah, and. There was no way that I was going to bed. I, it was I just snorted like eighteen thousand pounds of cocaine. The coke and uh, like big hockey game kind of comparison. Again, we only get offered it. We don't do it. Right. Uh, I think it's true. It's got to be like that's got to be what coke is like. <laughs> I always make those jokes, and people people are like you you've never done coke, have you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Is is that a weird insult when people say, when people are like you haven't done drugs you know like I like one of my favorite parts of the office is um, Michael or Dwight finds the joint and they're trying to figure out who who smoked it or who was doing yeah. who was quote unquote doing weed and Ryan really casually is like I don't think Michael's done drugs I don't think <laughs> right. anyone's offered them to him that's such a weird insult. But then again, we take we do take it as a compliment when people do offer us drugs. It's so. an insult to say that nobody's ever af- offered you drugs. I don't think it's like an insult never, to say you've never done drugs. It's, yeah, it just <laughs> means like you never partied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like nobody wants to share a good time with you. Right. That's actually <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, the that's I think we can safely agree we're positive that that's what drugs are like. That's what coke is like. Right, yeah. Watching either I would say like the second or third round of the NHL playoffs or. Watching. Any sort of like overtime playoff hockey. Oh my god! And there are so many fucking chances. That's the best part, and that's the best part of those kids' tournaments. Like I right. said, they're just—it's just end to end. It's end to end madness. It's beautiful, and it's cool. Um, it's cool for local people. We're Boston folks that uh, the Bruins actually had. They had the what was it? Not tournament MVP, but like player of the game for the championship. Yeah, they're Mac so Boyd. weird about the way they. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, MV- I'm saying, what's the name of that? Uh, I think it was it was MVP of the game, and then Shabbat won right uh, won tournament MVP. Yeah, but Canada had Lozon. Uh, USA also had quite a few guys. The Bruins might have been able to snag in the first yeah, round, twenty fifteen. But uh, oh the, well, on the that front, number of butt hurt Canadians after that game oh, last night yes. was unbelievable. Um, Austin Matthews tweeted three American flags. And let me see if I can find some of the responses. We were laughing at them before we started recording this. Uh, one person basically said, like, don't forget you wear a maple leaf on your sweater. So what did he say? Like, It's like basically, basically he insinuated that like Canada now owns him because he was drafted by the maple leafs. Yeah. Even though the kid fucking was born and raised in, the, in America. So it's don't forget, Matthews, you wear a maple leaf on your chest. Better tuck that arrogance in a bit before <laughs> the hometown crowd turns on you. That Literally is, all he did was tweet three American flags. I love that little turn of phrase there. 
tuck that arrogance in. Tuck that arrogance in. in. You know? Like, it's, it's like it's clean like, up the put, arrogance. Put that dick back in your pants. Right. Put that, that big I swing like, in American dick. Yeah, we get he's American, but it's just in poor taste to go about it the way he does, given his current situation. It's his not like he's on fucking trial. Situ- right. His current situation is that he's a professional athlete in that works in an organization that... Based uh, in Canada. Yes. And he is still an American individual. He, in poor taste to go about it the way he does, by tweeting three American flags with no other comment. Someone responded, by using flag emojis, how sensitive are you guys? And then someone named Layla responded, another dumb American, tough guy. <laughs> Oh, God. Canadians are so fucking sensitive. It's unbelievable. Like, not all of them, obviously. I'm not going to say that about the entire... Like, I saw a lot of good Canadian Twitter followers last night being like, great game, good on the U.S., whatever. But, like, the worst worst Canadians are just the ones that get so, so insecure and so sensitive. Right. And the, the inferior, inferiority complex when it comes to hockey is unbelievable. It's, well, that's the thing, though. It's because hockey is their like, thing. Right. It's all they have. Like, they, they do it's not, deserve okay, that. So it's not an inferiority complex when it comes to hockey, but an inferiority complex, like, with Canada surrounding hockey. It's the, uh, I mean, our guy Ryan Lambert does this very well. He does it jokingly of no one's allowed to talk about sports but me. Right. Like, I'm the only <laughs> yeah. one who can have sports takes, and you must agree with me. That's the way. Like, Canada's like, if you guys are going to do hockey, that's fine. Let's get one thing straight, though. That's my shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, so, like, a new a new Moo song dropped this morning that we'll talk about that is, it would be like if a new Moo song came out, and everybody was like, all right, here's our opinion of this new Moo song. This is Ironclad. This is what it is. And I was like, hey, can I get in for a second? It's like, nah, man, fuck you. Uh, well, may- maybe later. You-, you don't have anything to do with this. And I'm like, I fucking, I, I started her. Right. <laughs> that's that's my thing. Um, so I understand where they come from. And also, I have a lot of Canadian friends, and they follow me on Twitter because like, I just met them all through work. Is I've not checked with them. Like, is it okay when we make fun of Canada? I mean, I, I do it, obviously, in a, in like a yeah. very joking manner. And I think it's very clear, and it's like my thing on twitter yeah and i love to i like to poke the uh yeah like the to a little them. bit so uh but I, world juniors twitter is just absolutely ruthless it's this was so a weird for uh kid having a rough time on twitter <laughs> right <laughs> dude i have gotten like death threats i've gotten uh like people wishing that my firstborn dies people uh hoping that i get cancer people hoping that my, my future wife gets cancer like but good on me for getting a wife and having That's sex the, maybe hey, once. Wow. I almost did. I forget who. It may have been. Fuck. Who it was, was Lozo. It? It, no, someone. It may have been uh, Shabbat tweeted, like, made 21 new brothers. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, wouldn't change that for the world. I was going to quote tweet it with, like. Was Dylan Strom. Oh, it was Dylan Strom. I was going to quote tweet it with, like, congrats to your parents on the <laughs> sex. But. Yeah, man, it was. Uh, somebody told me that my mom should have gotten an abortion. It was a fun time on Twitter this week for me. That's that's wild. Um, I over think a bunch of teenage children playing hockey. You got it from Russian people though, too. You yeah, got Canadians like, and Russians. Yeah, fucking and not Russian. not to not to be unexpected considering those are the two uh, the two fan bases that I harass the most. Yeah. it's 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 very hard to be like, hey, Sweden. Fuck you! <laughs> like Europeans are the nicest. Not for Ted Cruz. Other, other than other than Russians. Not for not for Ted Cruz. Remember his sick burn against uh, Bernie. 
No, what did he say? Like, now look, Bernie Sanders would make a great president of Sweden, and everyone was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, we should be more like Sweden." Yeah, yeah, Bernie Sanders would make a yeah. That's a very good point. And he was like, "Am I right?" Uh, Russia's technically in Asia, isn't it? Yes, because so, like, we so they're uh, not Europeans. So yes. Europeans are the nicest still. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a Russian friend in high school, and we used to all, we'd call him my favorite Asian. <laughs> you know, whenever he'd come in, we'd where is the where is that Asian? They really should just make Russia like a separate continent. It's fucking big enough. Yes, it is big enough. It is strong enough. And that is talking geography. And that's <laughs> geography talk with the B boys. Um, Let's not get off hockey though, because yes. we had a fun experience this week. Yeah, we played in the media game, and it was—I haven't heard anybody say a bad thing about it. I listened to uh, the. Haven't sick been just... listening to Jermaine Wiggins very much. Then. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I listened to the Stick to Sports podcast with uh, our guy RL and mm-hmm. Sean Gentili, and it was just fascinating to listen to Ryan talk about it because he he doesn't enjoy be, anything. He couldn't be negative about it. Like, <laughs> right. He couldn't make fun of it. He couldn't mock anybody. He was like saying that he was on a line with you and that he had so much fun playing with you. And uh, he, yeah, he was like complimentary of like me and a bunch of people it was just so weird to hear <laughs> i've i've hung out with ryan mostly like pretty much every time i've hung out with him it's been a, at, at a concert, concert and yeah. like that's his scene and he's yeah. always like he's always pr- in like a pretty good mood yeah because that's his scene uh i've never seen ryan lambert happier than he was yeah uh, at this past uh what's it called the frozen fenway yeah. outdoor game this is uh we're, i think we're telling tales out of school here so sorry sorry RL for digging up dirt. Uh, people don't know this. Ryan Lambert is like the sweetest guy in the world. He's very nice. <laughs> he's like, he's very nice. He's like oh, overtly friendly. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because my first like five months of knowing who he was was like every time I would write something or every now and then I would write something and I would see he would like explain why I was wrong or something and I was like that guy's super mean. And then <laughs> yeah. one day Jeff was like, hey, do you know do you know Ryan Lambert? And I was like. Yeah, what's his fucking problem? And he was like, "Oh, I was gonna say that we were friends and you guys would get along." <laughs> and then we met, and I was like, "This guy's the sweetest guy." In the I world. was pretty terrified to like meet him the first time that I did. I knew that I was gonna run into him at a Diarrhea Planet concert, and I was, I was pretty scared because if you don't know, that's a who, common tale. Yeah, people if, have been like intimidated by the idea of meeting him, right? Because if you don't know who he is, uh, just based on his Twitter presence, yeah, you'd be like, "That guy's a fucking monster," <laughs> <laughs> right? He's uh, he had a lot of fun. He was on your team. I was on the other team. Uh, the Basically, the long and short of it was my team won. Your team, everyone agreed, was the better team to play on. Yeah, our team had more fun. Your team was... It seems that, Your yeah. team won miserably. We, yeah, we really... Uh, <laughs> and won by cheating, by oh, the way. Yeah, yes. Won with eight people on the ice. We Our first goal was kicked in. Our, what was it, four to three? Yeah, I think it was it five. I think was it was it five? Uh, five. Was six, it to four, to six to four. Okay, yeah, we won by two. Um, so our first goal was kicked in by yours truly, not to brag. <laughs> I scored the fake goal. Um, and then our four, we, we took the lead late in the game. We had at least seven people on the ice. And Kyle Claus came over to the bench and he was like, hey, do we have too many guys on? And I was like, just very casually, get off the ice. <laughs> and he was like, what? Because there was a lot of commotion going on. And it was, just very quietly, just get off the ice, please. You guys had at least eight guys on the ice. That's It shows what we were willing to do to win. <laughs> I actually I sat on the bench late in the game. I said to Rob Bradford, our coach, I was like, 
let's just put six guys out there. No one's going to notice. Nobody's counting. The It was a well-officiated game. We did have officials, but they missed a lot of stuff. So <laughs> I thought that we should have just pushed that. But we did, when we did have a million guys on when we, when we scored, it was not intentional. It was just us being sloppy. It was the, the Sloppy just explains the entire day because it was raining. There was about three inches of rain on the ice mm-hmm. surface at all times. Yes. Uh, which was the best possible thing that could have happened for me yeah. because it made sure that everybody was off their game. It was sloppy for everybody. Yeah. I headed into that game with absolutely zero hockey experience. Nice. So uh, it kind of evened the playing field for me a bit. The uh, So there was so much water that... Uh, a, I, at one point late in the game, uh, my line was just under siege. We, we were out there to protect a one-goal lead. I don't know if Rob had been watching the game. The only <laughs> thing my line did was get the puck into the offensive zone, then turn it over. We had shown no ability to defend well. So we were just under siege. No, I think I was supposed to be playing center at that point, but there was just no sort of structure. Nobody, there was no person like supporting the D. So I was trying to just kind of, I don't know, like none of us had our bearings. So I took it upon myself to do a little K Miller D Seidenberg action. And I was like, I'm just, I'm sliding. (laughs) (laughs) I am next guy that has the puck. I'm sliding. I'm going to break that shit up. So I slid. The person just kind of looked at me weird and just stepped around me. <laughs> and I was, I got up and I was just drenched. Yep. There was, there were, it was just like a, one big puddle was the right. ice. I, uh, I only fell once. I, I think... fell during warm ups and it was bad. Nice, man. <laughs> I felt yeah, you had, a, you had a full cage and your cage hit first. Yes, the first thing, and only like six people saw it. <laughs> and I was so happy. Uh, Feidelberg was at the bench doing something. And, like, the first thing that happened, because Feidelberg was on my team, the first thing that happened when I fell down was, like, where's Pete? Where's Feidelberg? No one saw that? <laughs> Good. Anybody else saw it, that's fucking fine. But these two guys can ruin my life with this. So. Um, yeah, I, I was very terrified heading into the game just because... Like I said, zero hockey experience, and I knew that some people in this game were very good. Um, so um, I'm very, very pleased with the way things went. Yeah, no, well, nobody came out of the game saying like, "Well, that guy sucks." Right. About anybody, uh, you were you pulled off a rare feat in the game, though. There was so much water that in the neutral zone, if you tried to just like rush the puck up the ice, inevitably just your get stick caught. would yeah. get so much water on it that like that you would just lose the puck. And that happens so many times. People would go through the neutral zone and then just skate past the puck. You were, I think, one of two or three instances of somebody who just cleanly skated the puck through the neutral zone. And I cheered like a maniac from, <laughs> from our bench when that happened. Uh, but our, our team was, uh, it was a more talented team. Yeah, it, uh, your first line was unbelievable. It was Wiggy, Picard, and Feidelberg. Yes, and that was just loaded. Now, from a, it's, it ended up being why we won the game because they scored two goals late. I, uh, I personally would have split those guys up. I would have had... Would have made sense because that's a game where you can dominate. Like, one good person can dominate on... on totally, line. totally. Uh, so, yeah, I would have maybe put two of them together, but probably just given them each their own line and just made sure there was one other guy who could kind of skate with the rest of them. Um Jermaine Wiggins is a former professional athlete, like obviously Super Bowl winning tight end, great player. Uh, 
when you play with a professional athlete, you realize why you're not a professional athlete. Right. He was the most competitive. He would like was... that's like an intense man. And like if if you ever met Jermaine Wiggins, he's like a super personable dude, super friendly, super funny guy. But when he's playing, he's like there to fucking win. And it's probably a big part of why we won, because I think he scored at least a couple goals. He assisted the fake goal that was kicked in that shouldn't have counted. But there were like two or three moments where I was like, Jermaine Wiggins is going to kill me. Like I, <laughs> At one point, he was in front of the net. It was late in the game. I had no sense of time. I thought that it was like the final seconds of the game. I got the puck at the point, and I just held it instead of throwing it on net. And uh, he was like legitimately very mad at me. I am very, me, very like, a stern talk. I am very, very glad that uh, that I was not on Jermaine Wiggins's team for that game because yeah. uh, I probably would have gotten one shift, yes. and then he would have been like, "You are not playing the rest of the game," and I'd have been like, "Damn it!" Right. <laughs> I uh, I was I was telling Rob the whole time because it was always, it was a close game throughout. I was like, "Just double shift uh, or just have do Wiggy's line." Someone else's line, Wiggy's line, someone else's line. Like, yeah. just Wiggy, Danny, and fights need to be out there every other shift. Uh, it was so much fun, though. It was... It was a lot of fun. Uh, Feidelberg, for some reason... Drank this bleach? fucking guy, <laughs> he's... He, him and Steve Buckley, I don't think either of them have ever just had a day in their life where it was like, what'd you do? Woke up, went to work, went to the gym for a little bit, you know, had dinner... That was it. Every something, day of my life. <laughs> so, right. Something fucking happens to those guys, and something like crazy interesting and awesome happens to them. So our day was we played in that media game. Yep. Huge deal. A lot of fun. Feidelberg somehow ended up drinking bleach. Yep. And he started his day off, got on the ice, did a little nice little pregame skate, yeah. and then just went to the bench and drank bleach. And drank bleach. And it was and the, like the rest of the game was him just asking like... Did anybody else drink bleach? Did, did you guys drink bleach? And apparently he drank bleach and then gave it to Danny Picard, yep. who took like a swig of it and was like, and hey, buddy, just a heads up, that's <laughs> yeah. bleach. And so the rest of the game was like, we were all trying to win, but we were also concerned. Like, hey, I like that Feidelberg's brain is so fucked up that he can't process the fact that he is literally drinking bleach. Yes. Also, why was there a bottle of bleach on the bench? Uh, Sabotage? Uh, yeah, maybe. Mm. It could be Dirty Tactics by Tom Karen. Um, but yeah, I, like I saw him at the end of the game and he looked like he was going to die. Yeah. He was like, I'm, I was like, you okay, buddy? And he was like, I am not okay. I drank bleach. And I was like, what? Apparently, every time I got back to the bench, um, so I'm not, like, I'm not, you don't want me on your team. I'm, I'm not good enough for just the rest of me to make, to make up for just, like, what the rest of me is. <laughs> so I would get back to the bench, because I, I really was fucking giving it my all out there. And um, I would get back to the bench and I have asthma, so I was, like, in rough shape every time I got back to the bench. But I also uh, have that, like, kind of Chris Kelly gene in me that I always feel like I should be talking on the bench. That, like, the, bo- I should al- the boys should always be. So I would get back to the bench just, like, keeled over, about to die. I'd be like, boys, we need to. You need if there's the guy open, you've got him. They'd be like, pass it to him. Okay, cool. <laughs> we got like, it, man. <laughs> gotta get the fuck to him. <sighs> and like, I'm even just doing that impression right now. I got lightheaded. How, uh, how did you feel, uh, in the aftermath? I had this thing for like 
a day and a half where I just felt like I was going to cough always. My body's really, really sore. My shoulder. Uh, so we parked a couple blocks away and walked our bags over. But I had a 30 in my bag, which you wouldn't think that adding a 30 would make a hockey bag that much heavier. It makes it 45 pounds heavier. And that just... Yeah, the uh, the carrying the bags is the worst part of hockey. Yeah, that just fucking weighs on you, yeah. especially when you're walking for a little bit. And I my shoulder's been killing me the last couple days, and like the rest of me's been sore, but... I was like, fuck, did I like throw a hard hit or something? Like, I don't think I did. Did I fall down on my shoulder? And then yesterday it dawned on me because I was fucking carrying a extra heavy hockey bag. And it feels like it feels like the strap of the bag just like ripped through my shoulder. Right, yeah, it's I, uh, I echo that feeling. Um, I was I was fine uh, like right after the game. And I was fine pretty much for the remainder of the day. Yeah. Uh, like, I could have easily played a third period in that game. I was not that winded. I wasn't that sore. It was great. Uh, I thought it was going to be fantastic. And then I woke up the next morning, and my my legs and my entire body is so sore. You know what was a fun part of it? Also, uh, because we're dedicated champions, we did a morning skate. Yep. We got up, went to a local hockey rink. We were the only, for most of the time, we were the only people on the ice. So great. That is so fucking fun. Having an entire rink to yourself to just fucking shred was awesome. Yeah. And just, we were there. We, that was an aggressive morning skate. We were there for like an hour yeah, and a half. Yeah, that wasn't a normal 20-minute morning skate. That was like a long-ass morning skate. If you could, so it was, what, it was $4? Yeah, $4. If you could uh, make it like $10 and you get to pick the music, that would be... Oh, yeah. Imagine That'd be that. an experience, man. That would be... You know what we should do is we should just, like, throw a kid's birthday party. Not in that we should throw a birthday party for a kid, but we should have, like, a kid-style birthday party. Because that'd be a thing back in the day. Like, I... Like, you'd rent out a fucking a restaurant or, or a roller rink, whatever. Some sort of thing. That'd be dope to just fucking rent out an ice skating rink and be like, all right, we're playing some tunes. We're cutting up some ice. <laughs> We're I'm down for that. Yeah, we got we got birthday month coming up, so that's true. Birthday 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 season. season. Yes. So the first month is getting ready. For, so it's birthday season is uh, April, May, and June. Our birthdays are in June. April is getting ready for birthday season. May and June is birthday season. Hell yeah! I'm so into that that's going to be wild. Um, we've got some reviews. Should we do those? Let's do it. Okay. Um, which one? Uh, vacation necessity, says Q Carter. This podcast saved my family vacation. I spent two miserable days with my family before remembering about Bean and Blackburn. Nothing says family bonding quite like drinking wine, discussing Love Actually, a movie only some have seen. Dads are happy because they believe you're laughing along to their jokes. Six art museums in an afternoon with mom? Not a problem when you're contemplating hot guys versus weathermen. Your hipster brother and his vegan boyfriend are always up for a discussion on the Kinsey scale. Uh, what are you listening to, they ask. A podcast with only five-star reviews, probably. Every family needs some brunch to go with actual brunch. Thank you. It's a pretty good review. Thank you. Uh, Best in the Business by PJB. Uh, Pete and Deej are a podcast version of Siegfried and Roy, entertaining as hell and eventually will come out of the closet as gay lovers. I just hope Deej is the one that gets bitten by the tiger. I agree 
with all that. Although I will say I'm mad that made me Google whether or not Siegfried and Roy were gay lovers. Were they gay lovers? I don't think so. Okay. I didn't find anything. <laughs> Weird comparison then. Maybe right. he just wanted Maybe to make he's it, assuming it just wanted to make it known that he wants you to get bitten by a tiger. And also for this podcast's sake, if we had to choose which person gets bit by a tiger, I pick myself. That seems about right. You know why? Why? Because one of us is bite sized. So <laughs> if you get bit by a tiger, that could be the end of the podcast. I could get bit by a tiger and live. Right. If I get bit by a tiger, there's not a good chance that I'm gonna come out of it. Right. And if my organs are too close together, <laughs> <laughs> if he bites your my elbow, vital he might get the heart. My vital organs are all in the same area. Right. Although, you know what would suck? If I get bit by the tiger, you're probably going to be there. You would like be the, that people would call you a hero because they'd be like, did you hear that young man punched a tiger <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> made it right? It would be, it would be like the best moment of my life and the worst moment of yours. Yes. No one would, that would. Oh, that would blow. Imagine if I got fucking bit by a tiger and it was great for your brand. <laughs> what a kick in the dick. Now I'm rethinking that. But And if you got bit by a tiger and you got eaten, people would be like, well, where was DJ? <laughs> right. <laughs> where were you to punch the and tiger? It, I'd be like, it, I punched him after. But right. <laughs> And if you get eaten by a tiger, people are like, that guy was a good guy. It's it's That's an incred- incredibly tragic story. Right. And then I would, I'd, be, I'd live on forever. So and if you it's a win-win get, for me. If you just get bitten there you're like well probably he's always doing stupid shit (laughs) that would be so yeah the only thing that would upset me about that is that it would end up being better for your brand than mine but um yeah that's tiger talk with the guys um this is kind of a it's a music and movies uh oriented segment thing we're gonna get into uh there was supposed to be new ed sheeran today friday uh not only is there a new ed sheeran two new Ed Sheeran songs, there's a new Moo song, and as you said on Twitter.com, Moo is stealing fucking thunder. Because Ed Sheeran was te- teasing this for like the past week and a half. Yeah. And I don't know, I, haven't, I hadn't seen Moo say anything about a new song. I mean, yeah, technically I it's, it's not her song. Yeah, it's her and Snake Hips. Something they, they like produced that. produced it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like she's, she, he must be like a DJ, right? Yeah, I'm assuming. It's, because it's, he, it's hers like, like Closer is a Halsey song or right. like uh, Lean On is a Moose song, you know? Yeah, um, yeah I, uh, I, don't, I hadn't seen anything of her saying that she was putting out new music today. And so like Ed Sheeran was like, Ed Sheeran was off the grid for the past year. Yeah. And he came back and was like, hey, guys. I've been working on some stuff. Gonna and drop you've been working on your Ed Sheeran impression. Yep. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. And uh, he drops music uh, at midnight on Friday. And then all of a sudden, Moo just like, it's like fuck out of here, Ginger Boy. <laughs> here's <laughs> right. my new shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's bitch. an absolute banger. It is so... That is... It's fucking... That's all Moo does at this point. It's, she, is, she is the fucking queen. She's quality, you know? And yeah. So... I could give a dissertation on why this song is so good. But basically, it's called uh, Don't Leave. Uh, Go check it out. It is so good. But it starts off... Basically, I I felt a similar way the first time I listened to Drum. In in the beginning, you're maybe a little bit disoriented. And then by the time you're at the chorus, you're like, oh my god, how did I live before I heard this shit? Um, I feel like that's almost every Moo song. Right. Where you're like... I don't know if I she just, like, like this. Teases you, but <laughs> right. she keeps you in the room, you right. know. And then, so it starts off. Um, it's just kind of. I guess it's like a. It's either like a synth pad or like a or some sort of keys, but there's no drums. 
and it's sort of fading in as she's singing the melody. So you're very, very disoriented as to like where is, like how does this go? Like I don't know how, like how I'm supposed to be dancing along to this. I don't understand rhythmically what's going on. And then once it's kind of loud enough and it catches up, you're like, okay, I got this. And then the drums come in, but they're not just any drums. They're like R. Kelly sex drums, and you're like, <laughs> okay. I am totally here for the song. And then the chorus hits and it is, it's just like the lyrics are good. It's what, it, uh, it's, uh, I may not ever have my shit together, but ain't nobody that will love you better. That's just like some, that's th- some classic. You relate. Yes. They, Even though you, everybody will love better than you. Mathematically. <laughs> I was thinking about like what a good line that is. Like I may not ever have my shit together, but ain't nobody that will love you better. I think that's such a good line, but like mathematically, that's never true. <laughs> Just like mathematically, someone will. There's a there's a, what four billion people in this world. Yeah, like, somebody is better at sex than so, you. So, somebody at least at least one to three and a half million people. <laughs> right. You know, like it's it's fine. Uh, but is like, there... ain't nobody in maybe like on this block will <laughs> will love you better. <laughs> is there a, is there a better female vocalist who's as good at choruses than Moo. I don't think so right now. Maybe, uh, I would say maybe Lady Gaga in her prime. Yeah, but right now but Lady not Gaga right now. is not. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think I, Moo I, is the best best like anthem singer in yes. the game right now. Yes, totally. That's I com I agree one hundred percent. Um we'll see what Heim does when they finally release their shit in 2017 but uh, yeah there's no but there's no better hook than a moo song right now right um so that is so fucking great um there's the two new sheeran songs so he has a u2 sounding song and he has what sounds like maroon 5 covering uh cheap thrills by sia <laughs> <laughs> and they're both they're both great I prefer the U2 one. You prefer the Sia one? I prefer the Maroon 5 Sia one, which is uh, very surprising. Well, not really surprising. We've never disagreed on anything. I secretly like like a lot of Maroon 5 songs. It's just like I feel so guilty about it, and I hate Maroon 5. Are you still disappointed in them, though? Oh, uh, so disappointed in them. That's why I hate Maroon 5. Like, I... I love songs about Jane, and that could have been like a very yeah. good band. And yes. they sold out and just did like the cheapest. You can like people and be disappointed in them. It's how I. I don't. Have I, st- in my I life. still don't like Maroon Five. Yeah, okay. it's just I give them credit for making catchy songs. Yeah, um, but yeah. So like uh, I liked the uh, I liked the the what's it called? Um, Sh- Shape of Your Body is the name. Of it? Is that? I think it is. Yeah, Shape of Your Body. I, I like that song Shape a little heart. bit better. Yeah. Um. So. The other one is called uh, Castle on the Hill. So there's like, what I like about this, uh, other than that it is peak Sheeran rasp, you know? Ed Sheeran is, some singers can just do this. Um, They can make their voice raspy on notes that they could hit cleanly. Like he's hitting that that high note that he gets really raspy on during the chorus. Like he's really just fucking giving it everything he has. He hits that note all the time cleanly when he wants to in his chest voice, super easy. But he can just kind of turn it on. Freddie Mercury was great at that. Um, so that's like this song is like sheer and rasp porn, and I just <laughs> I want it all the time in my life. Uh, there's kind of this thing where. People are trying to sound like U2 now in pop songs, like old U2 with the fucking guitar with the delay. Mm -hmm. And I think that U2 is magnificently overrated. 
but I same. love people trying to sound like you too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that works. Because you two has like a good idea for like what you two is like a good. Maybe that's why you two get as much credit as they do because they kind of set the table uh, by doing things the way that they yes. did. They're like, here's how a song can sound, and they're and then people are like, oh, what if I made a good song that <laughs> right? sounds like that? <laughs> right. It's like here's here's an idea. And then other people are like, well, I'm going to make the final product better than you. Yes. Mm. It's the opposite of Pearl Jam. So Pearl Jam was like, hey, uh, this is a way a human voice can sound. And then a lot of shitty bands in the 90s were We're like, like, we're going to do that. What if we (laughs) sound like that and make awful music? (laughs) Then it's like, then you'll be fucking Lifehouse. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Lifehouse? That is an awesome, just like pull it out of you. I know. I was like, which one am I going to do? There's only like three I could think of. I could think of Creed. I could think of Lifehouse. Like Three Doors Down. Yeah, Three Doors Down did that. (laughs) Um, There was. God, so many bad like 90s. There were like fucking. Someone should write a book on it. There are a fucking million of those bands. And they like fucking mutated. So it started with like (laughs) Pearl Jam, like great songwriters, really good, just like organic rockers. And then. Creed was like, ooh, what if, what if we have our guys sound like that? And they made shitty music, and then people started being influenced by Creed. <laughs> and they were like, ooh, what if we take this shitty music with that cool voice, do that voice, maybe just shit it up a little <laughs> bit more. And there's got – we should make like a tree of like Pearl Jam, then down to <laughs> Creed, and then like Lifehouse and all these shitty sounding bands. I, people are going to end up tweeting at us bands that we missed yeah. in this conversation fuck um so uh the thing i don't like about castle on the hill is and i'm not a huge lyrics guy even though i liked that uh mathematically dishonest moo lyric um about how she is the greatest sex girl in the <laughs> world um he so Sheeran, the lyrics start with when I was six years old, I broke my leg. Yeah. When I was running from my brother and his friends. So, Stop with the fucking once I was seven years yeah. old. <laughs> Everybody's doing this now. I hate I it. Know. Sing about whatever there's you that, want. That is, there's that song that's literally about like once, once I was, I was seven, seven years, years old. old. It's yeah. called Seven Years. And that fucking guy, uh, suppo- his name's Lucas Graham. Yeah. Supposedly he's really good. I wouldn't know because I'm not... I'm not not doing Lucas Graham because he, nobody knows because he, nobody yeah, really I don't knows. think anybody knows any more <laughs> of his songs but legend has it he's actually a good musician and he has cool songs I can't take the uh, I, I just once I was seven years old it's like, like yeah it, dude that, same. That, right <laughs> seriously like like anyone who's fucking smart enough to live to be eight was once seven that if that's a fucking interesting thing about you then I can't do, imagine imagine like going on a date with somebody just being like so time about yourself and like well I used to be nine you know <laughs> like, oh that's not an impressive fucking thing and what people do is they say uh, I was like I was I used to be eleven years old I didn't I didn't know how good I had it because you were an eleven year old person and you you had your brain was small it didn't get big yet you didn't know shit. Yeah. Drives me fucking crazy. It's like somebody grasping for straws on like a first date. It's yeah. like, oh shit, we have nothing in common. What do I? What do I just blurt out? It's, oh, I was seven years old once. Right. It's that's gonna be my f- Lucas. That's my introduction to you. That's what you're fucking telling me about yourself. If that was your Tinder bio, you'd get no swipes. Right. No swipes, man. <laughs> Although, if you made it once, I was seven years old. 
find out if I still am, <laughs> you would get some fucking interesting responses. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I uh, so I I saw Ed Sheeran tease some of the lyrics on Instagram this week, uh, and he didn't include any music. He literally just posted like lyric video type things on yeah. his Instagram, and one of them was like. <laughs> I broke my leg when I was six years old. That's the, was, th- that's what it is. Those are the first lyrics of the song. I know. And I was like, what the fuck? Right. Cool, man. <laughs> right? Like, he has some pretty good lyrics. He's a pretty decent lyricist. Yeah. Uh, not, this guy not, fucking wrote Love Yourself, and he's not, over here. Not the, uh, not the lyric that you want to pick out and be like, I got some new music coming out, guys. Right. Like, wh- so strange. And also, I don't know. I There's like a lot of songs mocking that that i wish were written like i would love someone was like once i was three years old a couple years before that i was like a baby and it was just like a song you don't want to know what song that is what song 100 years by five for fighting oh god yeah (laughs) did five for fighting start that what i they might have fucking trend of being like hey highlight this point in your life and just reflect on it right um five for fighting i will always love despite not really loving the music what a fucking name. Yeah. That is the best, and it's not just because I'm a hockey bitch. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know. That's, that's a hockey, a hockey thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. So in hockey, uh, so there used to be fighting in hockey. <laughs> and in hockey, what they used to do is you'd get in a fight, and the refs would say, oh, no, you don't. Actually, no, they would let you fight. Right. This was before they would say. <laughs> yeah. uh, they would say, oh, no, you don't after. Right. After you're done fighting, they would say, we got gotcha. you. And, and they they'd, would, they'd capture you and put you away for five minutes. Yeah. So, so that's five for fighting. That's a little ESPN classic uh, we just dumped on you. Um, the what also pisses me off is like when you were like thirteen and stuff. Like in a lot of ways, like I used to know math. You know, I used to know like some science and shit like that. So you could also just write a song that's like, "Hey, I used to be twelve years old, and what I didn't understand was the Pythagorean theorem, but I was fucking close, <laughs> a lot closer than I am now." I uh I don't I don't know like my age at any point in my past events really like outside of the past couple of years. You're going to get to a point um where you don't know your age right now. Yeah. Okay. It happens. Can't wait, man. Yeah. Uh but like seriously, like when I think back about things that happened to me as a kid, I'm never like, "Oh, yeah, I was 8 years old oh, when I'm that happened." Oh, I'm so fucking I'm so bad at being like, "So this would have been 1996. Yeah, because <laughs> yes, because I was uh, at, doing this, and I'm so bad. Like at, that. at any point, if somebody asked me, like, "How old are you?" and this happened, I'd be like, "Eh, between like five and 18." I don't know. Right. Yeah. I like it. Just everything that happened to me when I was younger just happened to me when I was younger. It was in the past. Right. Yes. <laughs> so just just dismiss that shit, Ed. You know, yeah. unless it's in like your recent rock star past. Unless you're going to tell me like, unless you're going to give me a song like, "Don't." At some know? point. At some point, Ed Sheeran's going to like fall off the wagon he's gonna be writing songs at like age i don't know how old he is right now probably like 25 26 yeah he's gonna be writing songs and he, at like 28 and be like when i was 27 years old <laughs> like songs from the past year yeah but i think that ed sheeran lives such a fucking cool life that i i'd like to hear that like he'd be like when i was 26 and a half elton john said let's jam and we did I would fucking buy that record. Yeah, but he's going to be the guy who like posts throwback Thursdays of like something that happened like two weeks ago. I almost posted a throwback Thursday the other day because uh, I've been rewatching Parks and Rec. 
what in what's weird is everyone's been rewatching Parks and Rec. They really have. I didn't know a that. A million different people have I been rewatching it. I didn't know that Jeff's it. been doing it, Feidelberg's been doing it. Everyone's I think just, I know like half a dozen people rewatching it right now. It's cool to be in this fun little <laughs> club and uh I just forgot how great a character Donna Meagle was. Like all, always throughout that show, she was so good. And at first, it's the show started off. She was kind of like the voice of reason, or like the only non-crazy. Yeah, person. she was not crazy. She was like beginning. smart about money. Like her thing was always like she was always talking she, about how she had a Mercedes. Yeah, she would just be like, look at all she like her character was like, look at all these fucking crazy people that I work with. Yes, it's like this is a nightmare. <laughs> right, and then they just like developed her character, and she got so fucking great. And then her cousin ended up being genuine, <laughs> and she was. She was such a better... I love John Ralphio, but she was like kind of Tom's partner yeah. in that show. So I was going to post the throwback Thursday of the time me and Retta just hung out and were best friends. Um, oh, I just realized there's a, a very strong chance that I'm going to meet Retta in this month. Oh, yeah. You're going I'm to going, the... I'm going to LA for the All-Star Game, and there's a 100% chance that she's going to be there. She's going to be there. Yeah. I think she lives in LA. Yeah. And, and she, she loves goes the Kings. To, she loves the Kangs. She yeah. goes mm-hmm. to every hockey game ever yep. in the NHL. She's Right now, she's in Ottawa, Edmonton, and Arizona at the same time, probably, because mm-hmm. all she does is go to hockey games. So you'll meet her. I'll, uh, I'm going to slide into her DMs and say, hey, watch out for this guy. He's, he's nothing but trouble. <laughs> and then she'll be like, haha, I'll have to meet him or something like that. And then you guys will meet. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Or honestly, you could just tweet at her yourself. She'll yeah. be like, hey, you seem cool as shit. I'd like to meet you. And she'll hang out with you because she's the coolest person in the world. Um, but I was going to post a little, uh, a little throwback Thursday thing, but I didn't because then I would have had to find a picture. <laughs> Um, so we talked about Ed Sheeran in like the next album quite a bit uh, before yes. this week. How do you feel about the new singles in the scope of like the fact that we've always been talking about like this next next album? Ed Sheeran's going to be able to do whatever he wants. Yes, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because these two songs they're poppy, they're basic. Not in that like they're basically written songs, but they are. But they're basic in that. They're accessible for the basic bitch. Like Sheeran is, Sheeran's kind of king of the the basic bitches. You know, like he writes a very accessible pop song that's cool and interesting. Whereas Maroon Five tries to do that, and often for me, I'm like, hey, Sheeran's the new mayor, guys. man. He is. He's yes. He can kind of. He can do what he wants, but he choose. But I think that more than mayor, he chooses to kind of cater to everyone. And when he does his own thing, he raps. Versus yeah. when uh, John Mayer does his own thing, he just fucking goes off. Yep. Um, I'm a I'm a little surprised that it is as poppy as it is because I kind of expected him now with like all the freedom that he has for being like a fucking superstar and people's gonna people are gonna buy his shit no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I expected him to do. A little bit more like stripped down, like type. Ooh, I love it though. I, lo- I love. I mean, that, I he love does pop very well, so I'm not going ones, to complain. Like, it's just like a sound fucking, uh, fucking painting. Right. <laughs> he does pop super well, so I'm not going to complain. But like, anytime you watch Sharon on stage, that dude just like just goes off. Yeah. And he like he beats can, up that little guitar of his. Right, and he can he can do it. As stripped down as you can get, yeah. Uh, so I just kind needs of his I, guitar and a looper, right? So <laughs> I just thought that maybe uh, I thought maybe 
he would kind of go that route and uh i mean maybe he's still it's gonna will. have yeah. he, he's gonna have songs that he'll be able to like really do that whole kind of loop guy thing i don't know if he'll if he'll ever be like a complete album kind of guy um maybe if he gets out of like a pop stage but at i feel like he's the kind of guy or like at this point where he likes to do pop obviously yeah. because he's still doing it and he doesn't really have to yeah uh still doing pop but also like you know that he's gonna have a couple of like heart string tears yes um and he he still rapped a bit on the mm-hmm. uh, what was it X X yeah. yeah he still rapped a bit on that and I think that I that that's kind of why I really I think that uh, to borrow something from Knocked Up I think that Ed Sheeran would like me I think <laughs> that like we're like both pop guys who just like really really enjoy rap music and like when both are kind of incorporated together I think that Ed Sheeran if he had his druthers, would put out an album that was just completely a rap album. Like he, like, he would do his Sasha Fierce thing and just be like, all right, this is a different Ed Sheeran and this guy's a rapper and you're going to have to accept it. I don't think uh, this will surprise you, but I believe like a year ago, Deadspin posted a thing being like, actually, Ed Sheeran sucks and he's the oh, worst. Oh, really? Did Deadspin yeah. do that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Interesting. Fucking Deadspin. And it was basically the, basically the reasoning I remember was was like, He's a white guy who tries to appeal to the masses by being quirky and rapping. And what the like, fuck if, does that mean when oh you're trying to appeal to the masses? It, like you're trying it's to be like successful. It, no, that he's just a very good musician who is white and happens to like rap and trans uh, makes rap in in hybrid with what he does. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah, um, someone made a point recently about like white girls who like rap like pandering or something like trying to be the cool chick and i was like fuck anyone who says something fucking dumb like that right and it's like you can be anything and like rap right oh drives me um, drives me up a wall uh speaking of ed sheeran and rap did you 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 have to have seen his fetty wap cover with uh the roots no oh man he covered trap queen like a year ago with yeah. the roots and it was unbelievable Wow, you got to look that bad boy up. <laughs> that is, uh, that's that's fantastic. I'm gonna dig into that. Uh, we were going to uh, run down the uh, nominees of the Golden Globes, but uh, we I think we've gone pretty fucking long. I will say, uh, best motion picture drama: Hell or High Water, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, Hacksaw Ridge. What you got? Uh, the only, the only thing out of there that you've seen is Hell or High Water. I saw the only one I've seen is, uh, or the only ones I've seen are Hell or High Water and Manchester by the Sea. Uh, I expect Manchester by the Sea. Maybe, maybe not in the Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, I I didn't read it, but Feidelberg wrote something saying like, stop calling Manchester by the Sea depressing. I agree. I don't know what Feidelberg's point was. I think it was, he said that it was like. Obviously, it was very trying uh, circumstances for the characters in the film. Like, obviously, yeah. it was a very low point yeah. in their lives. But he found it uplifting that they were able to kind of navigate through that and still kind of keep hope. And, like, just because you're in bad circumstances doesn't make a movie depressing. Yeah, uh, so close. For me, I think that it was sad. Like, you feel sad for these people when you're watching it. But I don't think it's... I think there's a big difference between sad and depressing. 
Well, yeah, I think Fuddleberg. Uh, it's, it's heavy. The biggest he, thing about he, the movie is that it's heavy. Right. He he made the difference being like uh, when a movie is depressing, you walk out of the theater just like kind of like with your head down being like, fuck, that kind of shook me. And then if a movie is like sad, a yeah. lot of it's sad, but you walk out kind of like feeling okay. No, yeah. I walked out of it like that was fucking like that was just like it's a really fucking good movie. Casey Affleck kills it. It's uh, there are some like kind of funny lines that you need so fucking badly in them. It's one of those movies that, like, whenever someone makes, like, a small joke, the whole theater's like, like, oh, yes! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Thank God. (laughs) Oh, God. It's gonna, it's, it's fucking great, though. Um, I don't, uh, fortunately, the Golden Globes breaks them up, so La La Land's in a different category, but La La Land, man, watch out for that shit. 